episode two. You know how we do. A little combo, a little inspo. 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 A little combo, combo. Conversation and inspiration. Conversation. What's up? It's Malika Jules, and this is the Convo and Inspo Podcast. Today, I have my sister in rap, my sister in underground hip-hop, my sister in rhyme, the one and only Star, the Fem C. Now, for those of you that know, and for those of you that don't know, Star is a gem in our underground world. She was handpicked by Doom to be the female presence on his records, all right? She's also known as Angelica. She's dope, 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 dope. And today we talk about everything from being a female MC in the game, the word femcy, and of course, the her latest project, No Doubt, which is out on her band camp. So now in this interview, you know, with Star, I did this interview in October of 2020. And at the time, MF Doom was still alive, you know, and we talked about what it was like for her working with him, how he found her. You know, we talked about our love for MF Doom, how he respected the artists that he worked with. And it was lovely. I love that I can share that moment with you guys. Now, if you don't know, MF Doom did pass away um, on October 31st of 2020. And so we are just giving thanks to the contribution that he gave to hip hop. And we are saying so much to you, Doom. Appreciate you for recognizing Star for her talent and putting her on some of the dopest hip hop records of all time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now let's get into the interview, the conversation, the inspiration with Star the FMC. Yes, yes, I am here with one of my favorite MCs of all time, Star. Star is from Atlanta. Um, if you know her rhymes, you know her voice, very distinctive. Um, she has appeared on many, many, many MF Doom records and records of a lot of MCs you and producers you respect. She's coming out of Atlanta, Georgia. Star, say what's up to the people for me. Peace, everyone across the world who can hear my voice. Peace and love, balance and light and all good things to everyone, wherever they are. Thank yes. you so much for having me, Nebs. I'm Yo, honored. I'm, I'm, I'm honored. Yeah, no, I'm so happy to be talking to you. And I just feel like, you know, when I saw that you had put out like some new music, I was like, hey, I was like, I got to talk to my sis because it had been a while since we since we had seen each other and it had been a while since we talked. But I just know that I had always connected with you. Um, number one, just like as a woman who loves hip hop music, who loves hip hop culture. Um, but number two, as a woman who's an MC and an MC like focused on lyricism, you know, focused on dope rhymes, focused on the culture of hip hop. And I felt like you know, right now we're kind of in a situation in our world where like female MCs are really strong, really powerful right now, um, you know, and it's a different generation than what we came up in, you know. So I want to talk to you just about your experience as a woman on the mic, 
you've been rhyming and recording, uh, I, I, I want to say for over 20 years now, because I feel like I can recall rocking to your music, you know, in the early 2000s, maybe even the late 90s. In the late 90s, early 2000 era? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> the first place that they possibly could have heard me was with the Micronauts on their Obelisk Movement album. That was where I made my major label, to me, major label, Subverse, you know, yes. major indie <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. debut with uh, the incomparable Micronauts. I was on Obelisk Movements on a song called Visualistic with Mark Speck. I think I might have had like a 24 or 36 bar verse. <laughs> I believe in a 26 bar verse, honey. I do. I really do. I mean, I just, I, I rhymed to, to the beat ran out. You know, it was, you know, he was like, just do you. So I, I remember going to the crib and, you know, being there to the wee hours. Yes. This verse. Yes. And um, they probably heard me, um, if not on that, on my debut with Subverse, where I put out my first 12-inch single, Rhyme Fluid. Uh, it yes. was a maxi single. It had four songs on it. And if they rock, didn't... Rock, rock to it. Rock, yeah, rock, 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 fluid. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They didn't hear me um, on those two. They definitely heard me on uh, King Ghidra, Take Me to Your Leader, on a song called Next Levels with my brother's ID4 wins and John Robinson, then known as Little Psy of Science of Life, and my sister Stacey Epps on the chorus. Yes. So, I mean, because b- before then, I was, you know, in the battle circuit um, by chance, because I wasn't a battle MC, but I did freestyle. So I ended up, like, in one, in the Atlanta Blaze battle. I was in, like, a source battle mm-hmm. uh, that they had out here. Uh I was in a lot of battles and it was just very weird to me because again, I was never like a battle MC. I have an aggressive rhyming style and I freestyle, you know, spontaneously off the top. So I think that's how I would always end up in there. But then I would be battling and people would be insulting me. And I'm like, oh, I just came to spit rhymes. I didn't know they were going to talk about my clothes. Okay. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So that, that is where, um, and even before then, I mean, they would have to be like a super head. But there's an artist named Jug of the Bully that is from uh, Charlotte. And this was back when the internet, hip hop boards, and we had all those battle sites online. And we were like, you know, on AOL, you know, battling in those in those rooms. Uh, there was a crew called The Continuum, and, and I was on um, The Continuum album. So they would have to really be a super head to know about that one. I, you know, the heads are out there. You know, yeah. I know there's a couple of people that go back to Remember, because uh, DJ um, No from the Cunning Linguist, he also started in the Continuum. So, right. Ah, oh, yeah. oh, oh, wow. Wow. Yes. Look at that. Wale was also uh, down with the Continuum. Wow. Yeah, okay. he, you know, he was, he was like auxiliary to the Continuum because I met him actually at Jugga's house. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, man, you know. I love that. I love that. So I think one of the things that I love, uh, I mean, there's so many things that I admire about you as an MC, and I think that, you know, you have put out music throughout various eras of hip-hop. You know, at this point, we are, you know, hip-hop is in its late 40s as, as an art form, and so we have, you know, different eras that, that are very definitive. You know what I'm saying? You have like, you know, just different, you know, 
the golden era. You know, you have like the eighties, you know, you have, um, you know, the, the era, right. You know, they have like, you have like yeah. the day, the Daisy age, you know, yeah. when De La Soul came and took it over. Right. So, so if you kind of look at the hip hop timeline, like what would you say is like your favorite era of hip hop? Ooh, that is so, it would have to be for me. I started rhyming like 91. Mm-hmm. So, and I fell in love with hip hop probably like 88. Okay. I would say my favorite era though was, is going to be from 90 to 2000. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, we had the, the, the Cypress Hill, Red mm-hmm. Man, Blunt, you know, era come through. Then we had like the, the Grave Diggers, mm-hmm. Onyx, you know, came during that time. We had Boot Camp Click, you know, with yes. Smith and Wesson and Black Moon and Health yes. Shelter. Ah, so many dope, like, you know, Freestyle Fellowship. I know. Oh, my Olympics. gosh. Olympics, like, yeah, yes. 90 to 2000. The Roots came out of the, I mean, Bahamadia. Oh, yes. Planet, that whole, like, yeah, really like around 91, 92. Yeah. When it, we was really, really in there. But yeah, right right on through the 2000s, my favorite by far. Because yeah, I was old enough to participate in it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was, you know, I was a teenager. So yeah. I could go outside. I could go to events. Mm-hmm. And I was rhyming as well. So I could be a fan as well as a participant. Mm-hmm. So, um that was probably the best, best time, my favorite time in hip hop. Yeah, that was a powerful decade. I mean, it's like, um, I just feel like every style was happening in some level, you know, it's like, uh, yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So many good ones. Oh man. It was a lot. It was, it was, it was a lot. And there was, there was the variety was insane and it was coming from, the east coast west coast and the south and the midwest yeah i mean it was i think that that was that was hip-hop's kind of strongest moment and then you had labels who were supporting experimental rap and i think it's because they just were trying anything to see what stuck right so there was something about that time they eventually were like oh well we're gonna stick with during that time too a lot of women during that time as well a lot of women. Oh yeah, at that time there was no, yeah. there were there was never a discussion about women in rap really in the nineties because we were just in it. We were in it. It wasn't a it wasn't a separate conversation. Yeah, it wasn't a separate conversation. Nefertiti, the Nikki D, you have to be friggin' uh, Medusa. Uh, okay, the daughters, you know. Yes. yes. So so yo yo so with yo yo was eighties, but still you know. But she right. came into the nineties too. Right, missed yep. it. Yep. So many. MC Trouble, rest in peace. Yes, MC Trouble, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I it was uh, Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill. Yeah, Lauren I mean, Hill, Foxy Brown. Right. <laughs> Everybody. <What? laughs> and and they were different types of women. Like they weren't all Little Kim. They weren't all Queen Latifah. They weren't all Lauren Hill. They were all kind of different. Yep. We had variety. We it had, was a variety. We had a lot of different representation. We really yeah. did. It, it was good. I mean, Missy. I mean, it's like, 
and you could come out and you could be unique. I think for me, it's like the reason that I felt that I could put out rap records is because that's looked like a thing that I could do. There were women out there who looked like me who did it, you know, and, but then by the time the 2010s came around, I was like, what's happening? You know, it was like, it had, it had changed so much. There was less variety. It it became to kind of feel like a little bit. um, It did. It did. It became, you know, and that's why, that's why I feel like, I think, like in both of our cases, you know, we definitely worked with male producers, you know, who appreciated us for our skills. Like, you know, I know for me, I worked with Raj G, who was really about putting, you know, putting a woman's voice out there because he had come up in the 90s with, with hip hop. Having a woman um, on the mic was no was not rare or weird to him. And I, I know for you, it's the, kind of the same with MF Doom and you being on those Doom records. Now for me, before I knew you, you know, I mean, I'd be listening to those Doom records and like, I love a Doom record. It's like, I had never met a Doom record that I didn't like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, I love to rap a Doom rap. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm that, I'm a hardcore fan, but it's like to be into those, to, to be into a Doom record as a woman and then to hear a woman come onto the Doom record and kill it. I was like, yo, who is this girl? Like, I was like, yo, she's like the dopest. And it was like, there was something about your essence that was like so hip hop. I was like, she reminds me of the girls that be at the shows with me. You know, there was something. I was like, yo, who is this girl? And so it's funny how when I met you, I was like, that's who she is. (laughs) And and we've been vibing like ever since. You know, so I just wanted to talk to you about that and the just in, in next door for real, for real, the B girl next door for real, you know, and I wanted to talk to you just about, um, you know, the, the, the doom records working with doom and just, you know, your placement on those records, like, you know, how did that even happen for you to come through so powerfully? It just felt like you came through right on time with those records. Could you talk a little bit about that? So, okay. Doom from the minute that doom met me, he was you know, pro star, like he snatched me up immediately. Um, yeah. He heard me freestyling at a Micronaut show mm-hmm. and maybe like a year later, if that there, I had, I had gotten signed to Subverse, you know, single deal. And we had a, a Subverse showcase. I performed. He asked somebody to bring me backstage to talk to him after the show. He's like, yo, you're very dope. I want to work with you. I, I I I think that you have, you know, a gift. The next couple weeks from that day, I was at his house recording, writing my verse for uh, Next Levels and the rest is history. Any project that he had, the, like the projects he was working on, um, if he, when he put me on something by myself, it was very strategic. Like with Unfu, he was like, you're the secret weapon here. Yeah. Because, they're not going to see it coming. And I want that balance um, because no one's going to be expecting that. So I wrote, I did what I do. I wrote a love song. I wrote a yes. song about, you know, a love, a love experience that went awry. Yes. But because it was food themed, the originally the song was called Purple Heart Love. And he's like, I need to change it to a, a food name. Okay. And I'm like, oh, Genesis. Because, you know, I'm bitter after I broke up with somebody. So what better food for that to be than a Guinness? That bitter, heartbreak, lamentation, drunk, lamenting over the relationship with somebody that didn't go right. I love it. it. For them, you know. And so, um, 
I love, I love that story and I love it because I just think about being with my homegirl Janelle, driving down the Long Island Express ride, Expressway, bumping mm food, rapping in rhymes and like them, you know, in them doom rhymes and we getting all deep in our doom. And then it's like Star comes on and she's giving us that, that Guinness's love story. And me and my homegirl were just like, this is the dopest shit ever you know and it's i love i love it worked whatever that strategy was it worked because we were we were sold we loved it it was powerful sis and that born like this you know still dope i think was done you know in a similar when he did that one i wasn't like i didn't know how he was going to use still dope really i did both of the songs around kind of the same time like i wrote still dope on a tour bus Okay. Um, when he was on tour with Kwali doing the Beautiful Struggle tour, and I, I was, you know, I, I joined him for maybe about ten to fourteen dates. Okay. So he gave me the beat on the bus, and you know, you do stuff for him, you don't know where it's going to end up or when it's going to come out. You do it, yeah. you get paid, boom, right. you're good, you know. Yeah. yeah. I got, you know, he paid me for every feature. Nice. For all you people who be wanting us to work for free, doom cut checks right. every time. Okay. I've never done any free work for him. <laughs> so, you know. Message. Yeah, I did never. Like, he's, <laughs> mad, I've, I've, he's always paid me. I love um, that. And. Shouts out to MF Doom. Like, so Still Dope was written as an Angelica song. And. I love Angelica. And, and, and at the time, Star was, you know, who wrote Guinnesses. Yes. Because to me, Angelica was going to get to be my more aggressive, like the side nobody had ever heard. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I mean, that basically I've, I've, involved, I've evolved into that on my own, but I'm just saying at that time, you know, I was still, you know, going through different transitions in life. So I was really like my, my, my life outside of music, you know, I was into, you know, my, my spiritual growth and you know, certain things, I, ways I was living my life, I, it was certain things I didn't want to rap about or I didn't really want to cuss, you know, because I yeah. was I was dealing with certain stuff in my personal life. So I kind of yeah. felt like I could do, I could say more and be more unrestricted under, the, under Angelica. So I had no idea how he was going to use the song. Wow. Like I didn't know I didn't know the song was gonna be credited to Angelica. I thought it would have been credited to Star. So that's right. the thing with that, because you know Guinness is under Star is under the name of Angelica and then Bore Like This still dope is um Emperor Star. So some people right. got a little bit confused, but the voice is the same. So the voice is the same. Yes. Yeah, it's, and I mean that's one of the things that I love about you as an MC. Your voice is so distinctive. Your flow is so distinctive. And even like your lyricism is very distinct. So it's like, I could tell when it's star. It's like, I even with the M, with M food, I was like, I know it says Angelica, but I was like, it's that girl. Right. I was like, it's that girl. Right. <laughs> I was like, it's that, because I, I had, your voice had kind of been echoing throughout the underground. The, I love the idea of your voice in that place being a secret weapon because it's like, you know, a woman's voice in a sea of, of that masculine energy really pierces through and it becomes like really powerful. Um, and I love that. I love just to even hear um, about your experiences with doom going on tour, getting paid for your work. Yes. I love, I love that there's an MC that I love who made space for women right by people. Yes. Yeah. I'd love to know that he, he made about space. The, you know, the doom poster shows and whatnot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's up with that? Like what, what, 
what was up with the dude I pasta? Really, I really am not privy to that because at that time I mm-hmm. wasn't in close communication with him. And a lot of people thought that we all knew that that was happening. And mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, I was actually at one of the shows and because I know him, you know, when, when, when he, when the, when the person came on stage, I was like, holy shit. Like in my head, I'm like, that is not him. Right. Because I know him. So I right. know certain details like about how he looks or the fact that he's got those rings in his neck and yeah. you know, his fingers are double jointed. And, yeah. and in my head, I'm like, I can't say anything in the middle of this show. Right. But I know I noticed it. You know, you know what I mean? We didn't yeah. know. A lot of people thought that we were all in and in on it. And honestly, we didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know John Robinson didn't know me. I had people calling me like, yo, where the fuck is doing my nigga? I don't know. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, I didn't. You know? Right. So, yeah. But I mean, if you think of the Doom character, you know, some people actually think thought it was awesome when that happened to them. Not everybody. Some people were really mad. Right. But there were people who were like, that's awesome. I got, you know, we got Doom, we got Doom postured. It so was I, fun. I, I, I went I went to a Doom poster show and I was I was I think I was equally thrilled. I was like that's not him. Me and my homegirl were bugging. We were like he tricked us, but it just made us love him more. Right. Yeah, I think it depends on cuz some people have a different connection to artists and they you know for them they actually because they want to meet the artist, they want right. to be around them. So right. I mean for a person like that, yeah, it could definitely be a disappointment. Definitely. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, I I just I didn't know, and then again I, I wasn't in I wasn't really like Doom will like vanish from your life and like show back up. He'll be gone for like five years and like pop back up. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, so you just you may not you he's never gonna let his left hand know what his right hand is doing. I tell you that. Right. Need yeah. to know basis. That is the motto. Metal face motto. Need to know basis. If you need to know it, you'll know. If you don't, you won't. He is to me one of the hip hop greats. Um, and I love, I think one of the things that many of the hip hop greats have in common is like, they understand the need to have a woman on their record. They understand the need to have that balance. They, they know that it's, they, they're not really trying to have a full out sausage fest. Um, and I love that they like doom picked the most skilled female MC. He's like, it's like when you see star on a doom record, like it's a, it's going to be a killer verse. It's no question that you were chosen for your skill level. And I think I just love that that's on record. You know, I love that that's on record um, for people to find. So if they haven't heard it, that they can hear it. Um, and especially for young women who want to rhyme, I think it's important for them to be able to hear that, to know that there's a sister on the mic who was cold like that with wisdom like that and femininity like that, but who also was, was like strong in her vocal. You know, I think there's a lot of power in that because, because you've been so consistent as an MC, it's very clear that like you inspire the younger generations. I mean, even for me, it's like, before I put records out, I was rocking the star and Angelica, you know what I mean? And so it's like, you inspired me too. And, you know, and it's one of those things where I'm just like, I'm like, Star has probably low-key inspired a minimum 80% of the women who rap. You know what I mean? Like, low-key, if you were to probably really ask them, um, you know, women who rhyme, who rhyme for the, who have that real love for lyricism, I feel like they probably, you know, have, have come across you. But the thing is, too, I think when you are uh, like a true artist of rap, when you're creating rap for the love of that culture, 
um, how do you how do you um, balance being an example for people, but also pushing pushing on and being your unique self? You know, you know, I, I think of when I was coming up, and I always wanted like a big sister. I always had the big brothers in hip hop, but mm-hmm. I never had like the big sister, like the woman that had you know gone through this before me, so I could go to her yeah. and ask her questions. So I always you know, put in my mind that if there's ever another woman that I cross paths with, I'm going to always help her no mm-hmm. matter what. Yeah. And I feel that I've done that even sometimes to my detriment, you know, I've looked out for women who, you know, later went on to stab me in the back. Yeah. Um, yep. That's life. Right. You know, yeah, that's to be expected, especially in the music industry where everyone is not in it for the same reasons like everyone is not an MC because they really love the culture some people are you know it's a money grab for some people they want to get in and they want to exploit it even if they come looking like us right you can still be a culture vulture and, and look like us oh yeah custom so, um I just I always try to make myself as accessible as possible without wearing myself thin and you know not and not respecting my own boundaries my own personal boundaries um but it's important it's important that we have as women we really need each other more than we're aware because there you know there's things that we are we all go through and some people don't talk like you know we I don't really want to take it there but you know a lot of the things that Jaguar Wright shared Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know whether they're true or not, I, but I know from experiences that I've had in the music business, there's a lot of truth and validity to what she was saying experience-wise, because mm-hmm. there have been things that I've experienced and things that I've seen that were very similar to some of the things that, you know, she shared. Yeah, um, totally. so I'm not really, you know, you know, just using that as an example. So um, just imagine if, you know, you had that big sis that, had been there before you it was like, yo, watch out for this one, you know, be careful when you do this, or this is a, a good way to execute this or that. Now I, I have, you know, older sisters now, mm-hmm. but it's like, you know, 20, 30 years almost down the road to where, okay. So um, yeah. it's just really important that we have um, a space where we can share experiences. I mean, I don't, I, I, I mean, emceeing is a competitive sport. So right. I don't have a problem with women competing against each other, mm-hmm. but I think ultimately the competition should be, you know, outdoing yourself. But I mean, it, it, it thing is a competitive sport and we all want to be number one. So for us to say that we're not competing with each other, I don't believe that. I think right. that every MC competes. Yeah. Whether they, whether they admitted or not, because who wants to be last? Everybody wants to be number one. Like you didn't yeah. start rhyming to be mediocre. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't believe an MC that says that they don't, that they're not competitive and that they right. don't want to be number one. Then why are you doing it? Right. You could just yeah. record music in your house and leave it there. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's like healthy competition. You right. know, it's like, a, well, it's a sport. Exactly. Not like I'm going to, you know, I'm going to sabotage you and we're going right. to start. Over here. But right. people be trying to be like holier than thou and those be like the fakest ones. So I normally, when I hear somebody run that, I don't compete shit. They're probably right. the most competitive person in the room. Oh, a hundred percent. So I, I, I got, I learned that early on, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, nah, you, you competitive, bro. Don't, don't exactly. But, That's right. Yeah. And then even with women, it's, uh, it's almost like, 
we're the narrative is sold to us that we should all get along and we should all work together. Right. Tell men that. Right. Why why do y'all want to keep relegating women to be in this little bubble together by ourselves when we're all if we're an MC, we're an MC and our gender is a secondary thing. Right. You know what I mean? We still haven't gotten to that point where people speak about the greatest MCs and they don't put that female if it's a woman, they don't have to, oh, she's the dopest female MC. Right. Not right. Because one of the dopest MCs. You know what I mean? Exactly. We haven't yeah, we can progress to that point yet. To where we're just looking at skill. Because I'll put my pen up against anybody, just the pen. Just put the yep. words side by side and yep. compare them. Take my voice out of it. Don't put yep. my name on it. Just put mm-hmm. the pieces up. Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel I could hold my own. I feel like my pen could hold its own with a lot of MCs. Yes, it could for sure. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but you know, as long as I'm a female MC, right? That that limits that limits and it relegates me to a certain pocket, and I don't want to be relegated to a pocket. Right. I want a whole pair of pants. Absolutely, exactly. <laughs> I want the whole outfit. Yeah. I want y'all. I know. So that I mean, that's I like that you bring that up because that does tend to be the the kind of railroad thing. It's like they like to separate the female and the male MC as if that, you know, when you're up there and you're rhyming, it's rhymes. Ain't nobody really thinking about their gender. Right. You're thinking about like, how hard can I get on this beat? How hard, how, how tough can I move this crowd? You're not like, as a woman, how can I rock this crowd? Like, that's not what's happening. So I always think it's funny, um, you know, when people kind of come with that angle, because I think that oftentimes that, at least in my experience, that was like the last thing I was thinking about. So I know that during the time, um, when I was putting out records, which was like kind of from the years of 2008 to 2016, um, I would say in the beginning years, the term FEMC was huge. Like, um, it's like, that was the way that kind of, especially on our underground world, like that was um, what people would call, you know, female MCs. And I know at one point you were star the FEMC and then that, it got, and then that, that term kind of got a little, like things started to get a little controversial with it. So I want to know as of today, like, where do you stand on that term FEMC? How do you feel about it? Mm -hmm. Well, as far as I knew, I thought I had created the term, you know, I had no idea anybody else was using it. I started using it like 95, 96. Um, It was brought to my attention that Rakim actually referred uh, some of these MCs might as well be femcs on a song. So <laughs> I wasn't the first. And then it was brought to my attention maybe around 98 or 99 that there was a woman in um, St. Louis who had been using the term as well. But again, it wasn't copywritten. Yeah. Um, so as far as I knew, I was the first artist who ever publicly referred to herself as the femc. So, yeah. I, you know, not that I want credit for something I didn't create, but but. I had never heard anybody use a term prior to me using it. To me, this, the name seemed to appear out of nowhere. But actually, when I think about it, like the MySpace days, it's like Star the FMC was there. And I think... And I mean, people, and I was doing it like 10 years before MySpace almost. Like, I yeah. like I mean, AOL days, like my screen right. name was like Star the FMC. Okay. Yeah, no, oh, no. So, no, so I think, I think that you coined it for what it actually is, which for me is like a woman on the mic coming with those MC skills. It's not the same as like a female rapper. You know, this is a woman who comes to the mic with the skill and the technique to move the crowd. 
You know what I'm saying? It's well, like, even deeper still, though. Mine was an acronym. That, can you break it down? Break it down for us. I had broken it down to feminine energy, mastering creativity to elevate eternal. Because at the time I came up with it, I was coming out of my tomboy. You know, I'm wearing, you know, my Carhartt and my, you know, my camo outfits and my big, you know, triple size clothing. I'm right. my femininity more. So in my music and in my presentation to the world, I was like that, that feminine energy is what I wanted to exude. So it, it was for me, not really intended to become a title for all women. You know what I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. a descriptor for all of us. It was for me. And I actually talk about that on, on one of my freestyles or one of my restyles that I did on um, Respect Do. Uh, when I rhymed over Lost Ones, I gave a little, like it was like a little mini, you know, 60 second history lesson about me and how I came up on the Atlanta scene. And I actually did address that there. I mean, I, I there was some controversy about it, like Jean Grey had, um, and I don't know if Jean said this or if it was the, you know, the journalist who decided to, you know, reword it to make it look like she was taking a shot at me. Mm-hmm. But there was actually an article and Jean Grey was like, you know, she hates the term and my name ended up in the article as if she was saying, you know, that there's this girl out now, her name's Star the Femme and you know, like, oh, mm-hmm. I hate that name. Da, da, da. Yeah. Now I was told Pumpkinhead told me later, rest in peace to my brother Pumpkinhead. Yeah. He was like, she yeah, never said peace. that. Those weren't her words. You know what I mean? So, yeah. but you know how, but that's what some journalists do that. They do. They twist it all up. Yeah. So, they twist it up. Um, because who knows? They could have asked her the question, anything. You never know. So, uh, at any rate, yeah. I distanced myself from the term around 2008. Okay. I had just, you know, I was like, well, I don't want nobody else to be called a FMC. That was my shit. <laughs> right. So can you tell us one more time that acronym? Could you break it down for us one more time again? How I was using it was feminine energy, mastering creativity to elevate eternal. Wow. Yeah. No, you set something off with that because that, so by the, by the time you dropped that off, the under, we had picked it up. Like it was like, that was the perfect, we were like, that's exactly who we are. <laughs> I'm done. I'm good. Let me just be star. I I know. And I mean, I can never just be star because there's always somebody that, you know, and that's fine. It's part of who I am. It's part of my growth. It's part of my journey. Um, And so it is what it is. You know, like it's it's all about growth. I mean, there was a time I was wearing crocheted skirts on stage. Oh, yes. So, you know what I mean? So, I, you know, I, I've grown like the entire time I've been rhyming, I've been growing and transforming as a person, you know, so that's going to always be reflective in the music and, and, and in the imagery, you know? Yes, 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 yes. No, I mean, I, I mean, I love it. I love the, I love the crochet skirt era. You know what I'm saying? I love, I love the, that, those, those moments of uh, hip hop fashion. Okay. I was all about my um my long skirt with the jeans cut out and the African fabric in the middle. Yes, <laughs> that was my jam. That was my jam. <laughs> um, so I want to talk to you today because you know right now we're at a point in history where like women are rapping on the radio again. It's like whoa! It's for me. It's it's kind of amazing to hear. Um, you know, there was a time where 
like I would say there was like in the early 2000s, the only woman that you heard rapping was like Little Mama. And then she had that Jay-Z, uh, Alicia Keys moment right. at the VMAs. And we never heard a Little Mama again. I know. But then, and, then, and then And then there were no girls who rapped for like a good eight years. There were no women who rhymed on the radio. It was a pure sausage fest. You know, I don't know if you saw the Meg Thee Stallion SNL performance, but um, I didn't. I it's really so so I want so check it out because it was interesting for me to watch because you know Meg the Stallion I mean first of all her name is Meg the Stallion right? right so it's like that's all we all know what that is and um and so then the way she presents herself is pussy 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 right, right. however now I like Meg I like her I like how she rhymes I like her style I think she's a tough sister um now her SNL performance she's 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 giving Malcolm X speech at the end, you know what I'm saying? She's giving, she's giving protect black women and she's giving all these things. And, but she's also giving booty shake and sugar pole. So I thought that we had come to an interesting place to where those two, um, those used to be two separate people, <laughs> but now it's one person. So it's like where before it's like, if you were that way, like for example, little Kim wasn't going to say anything political. You would leave that to Queen Latifah, right. you know? And so now it's like the stripper got something to say, and I kind of like it. <laughs> I mean, but it's the balance because I mean, right. there's no woman that is is just one thing. Exactly. You know exactly. what I mean? There, and, yeah. and, I, and I feel like a lot of times we get really caught up in how something looks. And I mean, I've yeah. I've met a lot of women with you know towering galays that were mm-hmm. in and you know drenched in frankincense and more myrrh, and they ended up being. <laughs> really vapid empty hateful yes. wicked people and you know the girl with the lace front and yep. the six inch nails mm-hmm. with the red bottoms on you know had a heart of gold yes so yes i i really don't too much get super caught up right that external yes same but then i mean my only thing is that I, it's cool, sis. Rap about your pussy, whatever you need to do to feel empowered. But can we get something else? Like, does everybody right. have to rap about their pussy? Like, it seems like every woman that's right. out is about the same thing. And I feel the same way about men who, right. you know, rhyme the same. Like, damn, another coke rap, like again. Right, right. So, so my thing is just, I feel like we we got to be able to be empowered for multiple reasons. Yeah. Not just that. Like that shouldn't be the only time we feel empowered. Right. And said, oh, I don't talk about that. But I think I love the way Cardi and Meg just, they kind of hop in it in in such a bold way (laughs) that I just be in and have to just applaud them because I'm like, you know, they they do tend to have, they, they, they found that balance and they are, they are going against that stereotype. And like you said, some, some people, some of the most um, non-progressive people could be rocking the gay lays, having the locks, you know, saying peace be to you. And so I think it's so interesting to really move past that and see the essence of folks, where their heart is at and and how they treat people, you know, and how they just address things in their music. I thought that Meg's performance on SNL was like really powerful. You know, when she got shot in the foot this summer, I really had a real moment because I remember driving down the street that, you know, earlier that summer and she had done this Easy E remake and it was like, it was was hardcore. I was like, damn, I bop it in the car. I was like, in my mind, I was like, yo, she, 
is hitting this song better than any dude could have just, she was killing it, right? And then something in my mind was like, you know dudes hate when you do better than them on some shit. Oh, like, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so then when she got shot in the foot, I was like, damn. I could see the jealousy of it. It's like, you you redid an Easy e song and you did it justice. Right. It snaps. It snaps yeah, harder than heard it. I mean, you're going to make me go listen to it. because Go listen to it, honey. It snaps. Yeah. She killed it. I was like, she might have, she, like, Easy e would have been like, that girl did good. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, um, so I was like, so in, when, in that moment, it flattened everything that, that I was being shallow about in terms of her look and everything. And I was like, wow, female MCs go through the same thing, regardless of what you're wearing. I was like, that dude shot her in the foot because he was jealous. Straight up. Or probably, you know, he was drunk and then who knows why he shot it. But for me, just on a, on a musician level, I was like, hmm. Not with that hard ass Easy E song that just came out that had me bopping my head, driving down Crenshaw. Okay, sis. It was great. <laughs> but I just love that it's not rare anymore to see women rappers. There was a moment when it was, and I think that you are an artist who has persevered through all of those stages, all of those eras. You have put out music. Why do you feel like it's still important to um, put out rap records no matter what? It's important um, because when I write, you know, aside from anything else, first and foremost, it's a release for me it's a way for me to get uh thoughts ideas frustration joy pain out and sharing it i know that there's someone out there even if it's one person that'll be able to relate so um i mean i you know i have a nine to five now so really you know i'm not pursuing the music as a you know a, a career to pay the bills it's definitely something i'm doing because i love it and i enjoy it yeah so i can you know write write a million raps and sit on them or i could you know go in the studio and record them um but i think it's important because you know it's a culture it's our culture and it's still so young yeah you know i want to make sure there's an equal balanced representation so that you know 50 60 70 100 years from now when someone goes back and they're listening they can you know go to certain eras and find oh you know for every you know 15 pussy pop songs there was one about you know this particular you know like a no doubts where it's a love song or you know yeah. a mother's milk where you know i'm I'm talking about, you know, uh, nationality and, and, yeah. and colorable laws, you know, stuff that you don't yeah. hear really a lot of men, but definitely women rapping yeah. about. Right. Yeah. To add to the balance, you know, to yes. keep it balanced. That's my, that's my main reason. And cause I yes. love it. Exactly. I yes. Love the love. I think the love, the love factor is so important. Like it's just, it's kind of the invisible thread that makes that hip hop that you love really snap. You know, if you talk to those, some of your favorite people, producers and rappers, the love is kind of the common denominator. It connects us to everybody, you know? And so with that, I want to talk about your new release. Tell, tell me about this, this track, how it came about, how you decided to share it with us. So the actual single is No Doubt. Okay. All right. All right. And it's a maxi though. So it's got an A side, which is no doubt, and a double B side, which is Barbarella and gotcha. Mother's Milk. 
Um, the cover of that particular single is actually an adaptation of a scene from Paid in Full. Mm. Right. With Ace and um, Keisha. Okay, okay. Yes. Their faces just are not there because I know, yeah. you know, everybody knows who that is. And it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a love song. And to mm -hmm. me, I just, I loved how they were just these two regular people who everything else aside, they were just two little regular boring people who just enjoyed each other and wanted to be together. And they were just trying to get all the BS in life around them out the way so that they could do that. Mm -hmm. I, lo I loved their, I loved their little relationship, like how it was yeah. depicted. And I'm like, that's, I mean, ultimately, you just want somebody that's going to be boring, that you can be boring with. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, it's real. It's so real. So, um, and um, so t Pete actually posted that, the video. Because I do have a line where I say Chocolate Boy Wonder. I was using that to describe, you know, I basically use it as an adjective. That was my yeah. way of describing this ideal man. And, you know, Pete was like, wow, I didn't, you know, I didn't see that coming. So it was like a way to <laughs> homage him. Yes. And also tell my story. Yes. So, you know, so that's, you know. Um, and then Barbarella is the song that Chuck D absolutely just, I mean, he made my whole, really my, my decade. Because yeah. I don't really know who's going to top Chuck D you know, going on this campaign to support Star to the point where he's got still my band camp pinned as his, you know, top, the first tweet you see on his page. And, and he just released a Public Enemy album the other day and it's still pinned up there as far wow. as you know, I love it. You know, just played uh, the, the Rap Station 365 radio station. It's the theme song for many of the shows. He just talked about it in the, uh, on Search Says podcast with MC Search. He goes on like a five minute you know, telling Search about how much he loved the song and how he felt, and he's a fan. And I mean, I don't know Chuck. Like I met That's Chuck once, maybe like wow. 15 years ago. So to have him hear that music, and because he is a hip hop head and he is a fan, and he's yeah. a writer, but he's a fan, you know, an MC, a writer, but a fan also for this yeah. legend to say this song is incredible and it makes me feel this way, and I love it, and she's amazing, and I'm supporting her, and you all should too. Yeah, I mean, these were songs that I wrote 2017, 2018. I mm -hmm. sat on them. Mm -hmm. Something about Barbarella I really didn't like. Something about Mother's Milk I really didn't like. I always loved No Doubt. So when we mm -hmm. put the songs out, me and the producer were just like, yo, we've been sitting on these. It's time to put them out. And then all this stuff with the protests and everything, in the process of us getting the songs ready to put out, you know, the world exploded. Wow. So to have that level of recognition attention shifted towards my music in the midst of all that chaos in the world that just was really a, a overwhelming in a positive way and um yeah it just made me feel like hey you know you still have definitely have something to offer so if you were thinking about maybe not putting any more music out ever let this be a reminder that you you should <laughs> yes yes we still need you. We still need your voice. You still the secret weapon as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I'll do that. I, it's I, always good. Yeah. It's always so good. I mean, for me, it's it's always refreshing to hear you rhyme. Uh, you know, I, I was so excited to just hear something something new drop. I was like, yes. And even to see you back on social media, because you had disappeared for a minute. 
yeah, I tell you, I dip out every now and then. Social media it can really it, it can really be challenging to people with anxiety. It's just so oh, yeah. it's oh so overstimulating. Yeah. Um, so I do have to take frequent breaks, you know, yeah, totally just remove myself from it so I can, you know, remain sane. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, so I'm wondering, you know, as we just kind of wind our conversation down, um, you know, do you have any wise words that you would give to any other uh, women who might be listening that that want to rhyme, that think about rhyming, that you know, or that you that uh, that that are, find their creativity through hip hop? Uh, any uh, words of advice, words of wisdom, jewels you want to drop on uh, anybody today? Be true to who you are. Do not write to conform to whatever narrative you see on TV or you hear on the radio or you see on blogs or you see on social media. Your voice and your experiences are valid because they are yours and there is going to be somebody out there who can relate. The better, the 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 more true you are to yourself, the better your music is going to sound. Again, I'm not signed. I don't have a label backing me and a legend heard my music because uh the D, one of the DJs on his station was in the record pool that you know the song went through and he got to you know he selected with you know whether he wanted to play the song or not and that's how Chuck heard it he didn't know who I was yeah. I mean so he heard it and he liked it so that yeah. you know something that I created because that's what I was compelled to create and even me putting a love song out during this time of political unrest and total chaos in society I put out a love song. I made a video for a love song. I told yeah. you know, it was a love story. So to do that, when everybody else is making all these politically charged songs, even you have to do, you got to stay true to yourself yeah. and study music theory. If you can study music theory and if you can get some vocal coaching from a, a like how singers get vocal coach, coaching yeah. Yeah. as an MC that is going to level you up in so many ways. Your voice is an instrument learning mm-hmm. how to use your voice as an instrument is going to really change your whole recording rhyming experience. It's going to give you such an advantage over other people. And, um, you know, songwriting, mm-hmm. definitely read some, read, read some books on songwriting yes. um, because you're still writing songs, even if exactly. as an MC, you can yes. rap all day long, but can you write a song? Yep. You know? So yeah, that, that those are the, the gyms I would give and just you know be true to yourself just be true I, to yourself yeah. that's just the most it just keeps coming back to be true to yourself whatever you yeah. are if you were a little you know if you're a little innocent church girl quirky church girl from Nebraska that likes to you know pole pole dance uh what's that called with the stripper the pole right right yeah <laughs> That is what it's called, right? Well, it's a stripper pole. It's a no, pole. They, when they have those plants, the pole dancing classes, that's what they're called, right? Oh, yes, girl. Right. Yes, so, yes. yeah, I mean, if that's who you are, mm-hmm. be that, you know? Yes. But Absolutely. just so many people are so fake and contrived. I mean, I've just, you know, yeah. I've seen people who studied and looked at exactly, you know, what they thought someone wanted and they tried to be that and they just sounded and looked ridiculous. Right. You know. I know that's right. It's always that's what they, say. You. they say be yourself, everybody else is taken. Right. I mean if you're writing a narrative, you know, of course, that's different. But I'm saying if you right. 
take on this whole, you know, you ain't never, you know, seen coke before and you coming out like you a drug kingpin. Right. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so where can they find you? Where can they, where can they get your album? How can we get our hands on No Doubt? How can we get our hands on this, uh, this maxi? Uh, I love that it's a maxi single, like really sis? I, maxi singles were my favorite back in the day. So I just love that you even oh, did that. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, and I also worked the record, like the record was released June 19th. Okay. We're still talking about it and it's October 4th. Yes, so, I love it. I mean, I we worked the record. You know, yes, we still have yeah. a video for Barbarella coming. I'm gonna try to work it all the way. I'm trying to get all the way to the fourth quarter with it if I can. I, mean, I love that's it. What we used to do, right? You know, because we we have such the access to technology now, and you know, because yeah. of the rise in indie artists and not needing a label, and you know, having things like a band camp, and you know, having TuneCore and you know, DistroKid where you can put music out and you don't need to be signed. Right. People, you know, people having at home studios and everything and, you know, being able to use like garage band and, you know, you can like record an album in a day and put it out the next day. I mean, it's possible. So there is this more of a like a microwave, like it's just really fast, high turnover. And I've, and I've always been a person that takes my time. That's right. It's just how I work. That's right. So um, the fans I have are loyal because I haven't put a full length album out since 2012. I've had a lot of features, a lot of singles. I did a mixtape, but I haven't put out an album since 2012. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but you can find my music uh, under S-T-A-H-H-R uh, on Bandcamp. Uh, a, a couple of the things are on um, all of the DSPs, but the entire discography is actually on the Bandcamp because you know I got stuff that's you know I didn't you, you know when you rapping over other people's beats and whatnot you can't right. you can't put that up on you know iTunes yeah. they frown at right. in this establishment right right, so, right, right, um, right and then on social media I'm under Star on uh, Facebook on Instagram on Twitter S T A H H R there's a YouTube page you know I've got a bunch of videos uh, some live performances. Mm -hmm. so oh, this is wonderful star it has been so wonderful talking to you catching up hearing your stories um thank you just from from one sister in hip-hop to the other thank you for your contribution to the culture uh it has not gone unnoticed i say that as the one of the women in the crowd who was rocking to your lyrics you know before i knew you mm -hmm. and somebody who just really enjoys your efforts and what you put out and thank you so much you know for for keeping the culture alive you are so welcome and i thank you like i just just hearing that i love that because before i met you you know i heard your music as well and i was just like oh my god this is so dope like ah uh, you know because you know the whole cosmos, cosmic, uh, you know, you're out there in the, in the, in the, in the you know, in the yes. heavens. And I'm like, yes. my sister, like, you know, evil nebula and star, yes. you know, I just always resonate. That always resonated with me. Yeah. Um, I was just so happy to have found your music as well, because just your pen is just crazy. You know, your delivery, your cadences, your approach. Your lyricism. I just remember you had a song you talking about beignets, and I was just like, <laughs> you know, just like the references, you know, the obscure stuff that everybody's not talking about. I just remember them beignets right. that that always stood out to me. 
So, oh, yeah. you know, we just, it's just, we just reflections. And I mean, we're from that era. We grew up, we're hip hop babies that, you know, that's the culture that we grew up and we got to have everything like, you know, because you on TV raps and BET, they showed everybody's videos, not right. So we got everything. We got all of it. Yeah, we, we got did. all of it. We got the conscious, we got the gangster rap, we got the party stuff, we got it all. Yeah. You know, we really did. So, we really did. And I, you know, that's still in me. So that's what I represent. I love it. <laughs> Yes, yes, I hope you're feeling inspired after our conversation with Star, you know. Thanks for taking that trip down memory lane with us, that early aughts, late 90s hip-hop. It was a special time, and I'm so glad that I got to get to know this amazing sister during my time on the, on the you know, on the stages, in the pages. So glad to, to share her with you, with this interview. If you didn't know her before, you know her now. Check her out. Her music does not disappoint. And of course, if you've been following her through the years, I'm sure it was lovely to just hear her talk about her experience, right? How cool is it to know that that Doom, you know, um, was so fair to his artists? And I think one of the things, too, is, you know, I recorded this before Doom passed away, you know? So it was very, very cool to talk to her about him um, at, as he was still living. This, this interview was recorded in October of, um, you know, October 2020, October 9th to be exact, was when we recorded this. And so at that time, you know, Doom was still alive. So, you know, when you hear us talk about him in that present tense, it's because at the time he had not passed away yet. Rest in peace, MF Doom. Thank you so much for, you know, just being dope, bringing what you brought to hip hop, you know, putting Star on those records, recognizing her feminine power and, you know, putting it on on records so that, that women like me could be inspired by it and that people could understand how important it is to have a strong feminine presence in your and your rap, you know, your rap, your, your rap uh, situation, you know. Um, so make sure you check out her music, check out her band camp. You know, I would say be inspired by the fact that absolutely you should be doing what makes you happy. Make the art that makes you happy. You know, if you love to make music, make music by any and all means. You never know who you touch, you know, from, from, from creating what's on your heart. So I love you for listening. If you made it this far, you dope, dope, dope. And I love it. Thank you so much. I'm your host, Malika Jules. As always, you can find me on IG, Malika Jules. Twitter, Malika Jules. That's Jules like J-U-L-E-S. And I will see you next time. Peace.